This is a new podcast series called Clarity Generates Confidence. Welcome to this episode of the podcast Clarity Generates Confidence. This is the preparing for the post-COVID-19 world. And I have to tell you, the guest that I have today is the one that really inspired the name to be the way that it is. I talked about the post-COVID-19 world and this gentleman, Jamie Reed, who I've known from the Smarter Shows and Foam Expo here in North America, connection with our business of GCP. He's the one saying, well, we should talk about what, how do we prepare for the post-COVID-19 world? So delighted to have Jamie on board. Also want to say that uh, Jamie was the event director for Smarter Shows, running shows in Europe, uh, Germany, and in North America, Foam Expo, and has recently just changed positions uh, to become the sales director at Will UFX, uh, dealing in foreign exchange. So Jamie, welcome today. Thank you very much, Gary. Nice to speak to you finally after... Uh Many weeks of planning. Yeah, I think we were, we were just chatting offline before we got started. I think we got connected probably in April and maybe in May we said we should do something. And, and at that time, it was connected with how the shows would be be put together. But that with, uh, the as you said, the world turned upside down and your transitions has led us to today. But I'm, I'm delighted that uh, we've, we've got the okay and the go-ahead to, to get you together with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Good to speak to you. You know, the first the first thing is is that I, I always ask everybody, and I think particularly for you, because I know the couple of calls that that what I'll go back and say I really have appreciated uh, the time that I spent with you. I one uh, just the way you were able to pull the something from nothing. There were no foam sh- expo shows. There was no industry there, and just to watch that grow and your persistence and 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 ability to to br- talk people in, bring them on, promote, and then deliver. I mean, the things have been awesome and has continued to grow. So, just want to say a big congratulations to you. And uh, I know that you'll be missed uh, with all of us. And I'm I'm delighted that, that that I can still have an association with you. So I just want to let you know that's how I, why I feel pretty strongly about having you a part of this with us today. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, it, it was a an interesting process launching a trade show for an industry that's never had uh, an event of its own that it can call its own and really take full ownership of. Um, credit is solely down to the company that I was working with, Smarter Shows, previously, um, which is a, a fantastic group of people that know to how to find a gap in an industry, um, develop an interest or service and appetite where they don't realize there is one. Um, I was fortunate to go along for the journey with that, um, taking a show from nothing um, and developing it into an industry-leading brand. Um, I was just part of a team. Um, I may have been more of a a front face or a a name at the show, but I was definitely only a a team member of the, uh, the delivery of the event. Well, you know, that's, it's really, it's great that you say that, but it's, it is a team and the team also, uh, responds to its leadership and so you're the ones to carry that leadership forward and certainly the front face and uh uh you know recognize a lot of people and a lot of people recognize you i think that'll put you in a very good position as you as you go into your new career Mm. Uh, but let me let me take you let me take you back a little bit so i know you're uh, a father i don't know one or two young children. I'm not sure how many that you have, but I know in a couple of our calls, I said, I, I got a young family, so let's not do it too late in the day. So hopefully this isn't too late for us to record today. Uh, but how has it, how has that affected you personally more than anything? So we've talked about professionally. How has it affected you personally? Yeah. So, so my family setup is I, I have a 19 year old stepson who's about to go off to university on Monday, actually. Um, 
So um, he has his own struggles um, in the fact that, obviously, as a, as a young man, he wants to be out socializing. Um, obviously, in the UK, you can go out drinking at 18. So there's a certain amount of socializing that has been uh, reduced from his side of things. Um, and then at the other end of the spectrum, my daughter has just turned four years old. So um, dealing with both issues at both ends, which is, uh, which is fun and challenging at the same time. So I think for me personally and my family, um, since March when the UK went into lockdown, it, it went through stages of, um, I'd say anxiety, I guess, um, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen two, three weeks down the line or this time next year. And as a parent and as someone who's involved in business, your concerns are, it's almost like they're put into a pressure cooker when you don't know what's going to happen and you can't see the wood for the trees, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, it- I found I found everything really, really compressed. You know, we're back having our conversations earlier. There was such an urgency to get something done, and and I know for me as the as the leader of of my company, I just I went into overdrive. I went kind of into hyperdrive. I didn't realize it until I sort of came through mid to late June that I I, I need a break. I need to be. I need to step back from this and and realize that everything is is it is what it is, but it's okay. And um, but you go into really. I know certainly as a father and the head of company go into a protective mode and uh, you, you, you start doing a lot of things. We did some good things, but I sounds like something similar happened to you as well in your mindset. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the last few months and it's been what seven and a half months now since the, the full lockdown happened in the UK, which we're coming out of to certain stages now. Um, it gives you time to think about what's important. Um, so from a business sense, it allows you to focus on the critical actions, the things that need to happen there and then, um, the things that are going to lead to a result over whatever time period that may be. And for family life, it just meant making the best of things, making the most of the situation, going out for walks, finding new parts of the countryside we'd never visited, um, and really just appreciating the, the little things in life that much more. Um, the clarity generates confidence strapline for, uh, for these talks. Um, I think the clarity that we developed as a family by looking at what's important in life gave us confidence in that, you know what, the future will be what it'll be. And that was it. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody says they can, can predict the future really, uh, aren't really quite able to do so. And I, you just made me think about something I've used for a long time is a, is a very good friend of mine uh, has been fighting with cancer for 20 years. And so he was 50 at the time. He's almost 70 now. And uh, he was told that back then when we were all 50, he said, you know, uh, the doctors told him to go write his will, get his affairs in order and everything else. And I remember being at at a party, actually a 50th party for four guys. So they called it a 200th, whatever <laughs> get together. And, uh, and they said, Oh, gee, poor Chris, you know, he doesn't know if he's going to be here next year. And I said, I just stopped. And I said, do you know you're going to be here next year? I don't know that I'm going to be here next year. <laughs> I could get hit by the bus. I could get, you know, something else could happen. That I don't know. I said, the one thing I do know, he's been told to go and get organized and he'll be far more organized than I am. Yeah. If I happen to leave this world in the next year. And so I've all, and He's fighting it again now, but he's still a good friend. We were with him just a, a few weeks ago. 
and uh, just to to see he's kind of an inspiration because you know we were talking about well should we get together he said well i'd love to play golf with he's a really social guy this is kind of a cute part of the story is i'd love to play golf with you he and his wife and my wife know each other and so we would do that and uh and he said but he said my wife won't let me he says because i'm such a social guy i could never keep the social distancing he says i'm I'm looking at the long term he's actually facing two stage four cancers right now wow and he's still looking at the long term so i kind of go you know what you're absolutely right when we come down to this point we've got to look at what's really important what's 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 there now and and i in the in the coaching sessions i've done over the last few months i've also said people you know what in light of this What's important never now? What's never got to be there for you? And maybe I ask you that question. When you think about that, what you got your clarity on, what's not going to be important at all for you now going forward? Jamie, what do you think? What's, what's that? The thing that I'm not, uh, that's not important for me that I thought was hugely important to me personally. Um, well, first and foremost, it was travel. Travel was a huge part of my personal life and business life. Um, I was getting on a plane probably once every three weeks to go somewhere in the world, probably to go to a uh, stuffy air-conditioned commercial center with a whole bunch of people I've never met and a whole bunch of people that I do know. And um, I miss the interaction with people. I don't miss the time away from home. Um, I don't miss being in a cramped airport. Um, I don't miss the rushing around and the packing and the early early flights and things like this. Um, I think what the situation has allowed me to realize is my day-to-day has a lot i have a lot more control over my day-to-day i have a little bit more um say in how things are going to go for me personally which i think leads on to why i chose to leave smarter shows because the the circumstances i've been in with the company um previously hadn't changed for a number of years. Um, the travel and the challenges of the job hadn't changed. Um, and the start of the COVID-19 outbreak gave me time to step back and think, what do I want to get out of life? Who do I want to work with? What do I want to do? Where do my skill sets lie? And I think a lot of people are finding the little bit of time and a break away from their surroundings and their circumstances is allowing the entrepreneurial side of people's minds to kick in. What can I do? Not what can't I do? Yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, it's it. I'm a, very similar. I'd traveled up to a hundred days a year and in my life over time, and I give my wife great credit for for us having the, the kind of good kids that we have. Who are well in their thirties now, so not quite kids anymore. But you know, the the thing is that a year ago, March. Before, a year before all this, I gave myself the freedom from travel. I said, I just got to stop doing all this because it's somewhat addicting. And and you, you kind of leave your, I, I always use it as an escape in some respects. I don't know if that's a fair thing to say because I could leave, I could leave my, my world, my home world behind and go do my thing. And then I could, I could ignore it till I got back again a few days later or a week later, or whatever it was. And uh, I realized this had to stop. And so when the COVID actually hit for me, I kind of go, well, I'm, I might not be on a plane at all in 2020. And that mm. will be that will be a first for I don't know how long for me. But it's funny. Uh, well, the only trip I hope we take is we're supposed to go to we're supposed to go to Barbados in November because we had our 40th anniversary, my wife and I, in April, and we were planning to go to Barbados for a week then, and that didn't happen. So I'm keeping my eye on it, and still hoping that we can make that trip. But that'll be about the only plane ride I'll be on, I think, for the whole year. So that's a, that's a big switch. And I think other people have found exactly the same thing. Those things aren't you know, do, it's not important anymore to do those things. Mm. I think the working from home scenario that a lot of people have found themselves in 
has allowed them to realize what's important and what they do or don't need to do in a working environment. Um, 99% of my job, I could, my previous job, I could do from home. Um, right. Being in the office, however, that human interaction, that bouncing off your colleagues, being able to pick a tennis ball up and throw it at somebody's head if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> the, the chat, the, the metaphorical chats around the water cooler, that kind of stuff, people still miss. Um, and I think this is the the um, the major issue right now with the events industry, which uh, I know is something we want to talk about, is the, the human interaction point. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? We're humans. We're human beings. And the human is the emotional part and being is the intellectual part. And the human part comes first. So I kind of go, you know, we're not going to get away from that. We still love to, you know, hug people and touch people and kiss them, whatever, be there, shake their hands and be in their presence and enjoy the energy that comes from that. And I entirely agree with you. That's not going to change. Uh, but how we accomplish that, I think, is something that is, and I appreciate your views on I think how we accomplish that, I think, is going to be, has has been altered, significantly altered right now. Absolutely. I think technology and travel has allowed us to get into a different mindset when it comes to how we deal with other humans, either on a personal, social or business level. Um, if you consider this scenario, um, you're in a back and forth text conversation or a WhatsApp conversation with somebody. How often do you find yourself getting four or five messages back and forth with the other person and you think, you know what, I'm just going to call them. It's easier. It's quicker. You then have a much more in-depth conversation over a shorter time period and it makes the human element just that much more of a thing that you're doing. You can then extrapolate that by, you might be on the phone talking to somebody and you're talking about documents that you're going to be sharing with each other. Well, then a Zoom call might come into it where you can share your screen and then you're being that much more interactive. Face-to-face -face trade shows and live events, which is obviously what I was used to dealing in, is that times a million. It's basically, you have that opportunity to see, touch, feel, sense. If you're in a busy hall, the buzz that you get from the industry around you feeling positive or talking or just seeing people doing their thing, um, it brings an industry together. And I think that's why the Foam Expo events that I was heading up were so successful is because the industry was quite slow moving. There's not a huge amount of development one year to the next. Um, it's quite old school in a lot of ways. Um, a large proportion of it, of it is very blue collar and people know each other and they might catch up at certain events or they might catch up at golf courses or what have you. Um, but these guys never really got together face to face. So when we put them face to face, people started networking and saying, oh, hey, I can do this or, oh, you can do that for me. Um, that's what this has all been about. And I think in a social context, it's all well and good being able to message people and drop them a message on Facebook or what have you. But seeing them at a bar or seeing them in a local park or playing a round of golf with them, um, those are the things that people have missed. And I don't think the events industry will carry on in the way it has done in the past. I think there will be changes. But the, the need and the want to get back face-to-face -face with people will never go away. Um, so industries and governments need to back that wholeheartedly to make sure that there is still a focal point for their serviced industries to do business because economies need to get back on their feet and trade shows are the 
almost a metric for how healthy an industry is in a lot of ways. You know, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that, um, the metric for being how healthy an industry is. I will say for us, though, I mean, we're a small company at GCP, but we got in front of uh, uh, the engineers and chief engineers at, G- at General Motors. And, uh, and, and we've been able to follow up with that after that and, and have the, you know, the Zoom calls or what are they, Microsoft Teams, whatever they use for theirs. And, um, and that's because we were able, you know, see us and come by the show one, two, three years in a row. And that makes a big difference. I, I know I'm, I, I could just imagine when your, your, your section for smarter shows was down at the end, you must have just sometimes looked out and said, wow, this is and the buzz and the energy because you were kind of at the end. I said, I loved, I mean, I loved doing that. So I can imagine said, wow, this was really cool to see how all that's that, what, what you got started, everybody carries on and just takes off on that basis. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for us, it was a case of uh, you, you run a whole year uh, building up to a trade show. Um, it's like playing the Super Bowl. You get on site and you, it's, this, is your, this is your thing. This is your day. Well, three days in our case for our events. And you want every single one of the exhibitors to have a fantastic time. You want them to talk to other people, speak to new visitors that are coming to the show, network with their peers, their competitors even. Um, and you want to check in with all those individuals, but there's a certain amount of you that wants to step back and you go, hey, these guys are having a great time. Let's just leave them to it for a little bit because the more we leave them to it, the better it'll be for them and the more likely they're going to come back and do the show next year. Um, so we, I, think, I think we found a nice balancing point with uh, how much we interacted and how much we left you guys to it. Yeah, no, I, I really, again, that's right from the very beginning and, and like how, how persistent you were in getting us to be in the show and because we hadn't, done anything like that either we'd kept under the radar uh but then having meeting you and just the energy was there we, we always enjoyed going back and uh you know being a, a small part of that was it was a neat uh, really neat experience for you know smaller companies to be able to do that with some of the big boys that are out there who, who are used to doing that that kind of thing levels of playing field so so what do you think is going to happen to these shows now i mean you've, you've kind of gone around what do you think what do you think they might look like so um if you consider a trade show as a a shop front for whatever industry that it is. It's a place where people can present what they do for business. Think of it like the yellow pages versus the internet. Um, A lot of the trade show industry had been thinking for a number of years they needed to look at virtual offerings, online, digital type of formats, um, webinars, those kind of things. And some companies had embraced it very early on um, and were quite successful. Um, Other companies held back my former uh, employer at Smart Shows, um, we were kind of in the middle ground. We we had an understanding of things, but we'd never been forced into that situation. So we started doing virtual events, as just about every other international trade show organizer did. Um, and they were embraced again by the industry. But my feeling about virtual events is they don't tick every box. You may be able to generate leads. You may be able to network with people, follow up with connections on LinkedIn or what have you. Um, but again, it goes back to the, you're not getting that interaction. It's not a destination you're going to. Every March in the United in Detroit, just outside of Detroit and Novi, everyone knew the last week of March, you were going to Novi, you were having a meeting. And it was the first event of the year for the industry. Um, those things people are still going to miss. How trade shows are going to look in a post-COVID or managing COVID world, they'll be more spread out. 
Um, that's just the physical thing. There will be more space between booths, booths and aisles. Um, there may be directional traffic. There'll be hand sanitizer dripping out the ceiling almost. It'll be everywhere. Um, there will be branding opportunities for companies on face masks or what have you. It will look physically different. How it's going to be different from a business perspective, you'll probably find that where a company may normally send 10 or 20 individuals of varying degrees of seniority to a, a trade show, um, they might say, well, you know what? Sorry, you three guys, you're not that important. We sent you in the past because it's been good for you to learn, but actually for the purpose of the business, you don't need to go. So they might shave down the number of people. It might go down to three or four people where it might have been 10 or 20 in the past. So the visual um, perception of the event will be people will think, hey, it's, it's physically larger, but there's less people. So the show isn't as good um, or the industry's not as uh, healthy as it may have been. When in actual fact, anyone who is still willing, planning, and investing their time to go to a trade show are probably that much more serious about doing business. So therefore, they are a much higher caliber of attendee or participant. Um, and I think that's the general feeling at the moment is people are going, you know what? We're not going to get the numbers we had before, but the right people will be there. Yeah, you know, if I, the old adage of say, if we're going to focus on quality and not quantity, and certainly there's a huge, maybe that's one of the things that's going to change mm. as a result of this, where, you know, I'm, I'm going to sort of digress and come back, but I've found with a Zoom call uh, or like the, the, the platforms that we're on right now, all of those m meetings are very intentional. So when you do a Zoom, you do something that they're all really intentional. And you don't, when people get together, it, it doesn't have to be the same intention. And let me let me give you a little example is that we held our our own company meeting which we do every year in September right after the Labor Day holiday here in North America and we always have a fun day on the fun afternoon and dinner and on Wednesday and then Thursday is a full day meeting well I still wanted to have a social hour on on the Wednesday but we couldn't get everybody no not everybody we we canvassed them only half of the people were willing to come in and I said well I can't force anybody and I'm not going to force anybody to come uh, which is probably also part of the new world. So it's going to be their choice. But how do I engage them all? And so I said, I, I did say it is mandatory, 4.30 Eastern time. Here it is. You got to come to a social hour. And now we included our rep in Mexico, in Houston, in Portland, Oregon, the West Coast of Canada. And so who, who we wouldn't necessarily always fly in for the meeting. And we engaged a platform called Kahoot. Um, which, and we, we generated about 45 general knowledge kind of questions. Um, we told everybody bring a beer or whatever, and we'll, we'll be on the screen and, uh, we'll put the Kahoot on your phone and we'll play a game. And, uh, it actually ended up being a lot of fun because it was just general knowledge and it was timed and it would give you a leaderboard. The, the game itself did that. But if we had just said, let's all get together for an hour. That wasn't going to work because mm. it was nothing because you, you can't have those sidebar conversations that we'd have normally to get there. So I'm, I'm thinking that coming back to, to your point is that I can see from what you're saying a combination. We're going to have a physical event. The physical event may be more spread out, more quality, more intentional. But I can see what I'll call like satellite events and uh, companies putting on little webinars or putting on little things either before and or after to engage a larger, a larger wider audience. And get them ready for the get them ready for come to the show. What's coming? Who's going to be there? Kind of set things up. Do you see? Do you see that possibly happening? I do. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people are going to look at the 
the opportunities that they've had for doing business and taking a little bit more ownership on them. Um, historically, a lot of people have said, I have a budget for trade shows or advertising. They'll spend their budget and they'll, they'll let their marketing company or they'll let the event or the advertising agency that they're working with spend that money and they expect the results back. Right now, people are taking a little bit more ownership over their actions. Um, they'll break down what they want to achieve or the, what their end results should be. In much like with your team get-together, um, the aim was not to have little sidebar conversations. It was, let's have fun. Let's just get everybody together and we can focus it around a game or whatever it may be. And you can all have a beer at home and we can bring in people that we wouldn't normally bring into the office. So for us, well, for me, um, looking at the events side of things, I think the companies that we would normally have exhibiting at our shows that we'll still hopefully would have exhibited at our shows previously will do their own thing in addition. So they'll say, we're going to go to the event. We're going to send a small crew. But two months later, we're going to do an open house or a virtual open house or a, a virtual coffee morning. More people are becoming used to that. But the the barrier to entry is a lot of the time dependent on the industry. Um, and in some cases, the age of the individuals involved, because we now have been forced into a, a technology-led world where if you don't have a smartphone, you're not getting anywhere. Um, I experienced this the other, uh, the other night. I actually went out for a date night with my wife for the first time in a long time. And uh, most of the bars in the UK you go into and you have to scan a QR code with your phone and then register your details for tracking and tracing. Um, and a lady walked in shortly after us and she had, I think it was a little Nokia 3210 or the sort of thing that would survive an apocalypse. And uh, <laughs> obviously she, she couldn't register her details. Um, and fortunately, the, the, the barmaid behind the bar recognized her and said, no, she's been in before. She's a local. It's fine. Um, but this is the scenario we're in right now where all of these options that people have are very much relying on being technologically savvy um, and maximizing on the platforms that they have available to them. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. So, so Jamie, I, I don't want to, we've done a lot about the shows. I hadn't, oh, I didn't do that. What about in your new role in foreign exchange? Cause this has got to be really important now. And maybe if you want to fold in, you're in, you're in the UK and Brexit, uh, a lot of uncertainty in the world, a lot of trade uncertainty for going on. What are, what are you guys thinking about and, and talking about now and, in your new role, what are you seeing from, cause that's gotta be a hugely valuable service at this point in time, because that's just a something huge risk that companies can't afford to go wrong on. So, so absolutely. Yeah. So my role in the foreign exchange business I've joined is to, it's basically a new business role, finding new clients, people that deal with foreign currencies on a regular basis or maybe irregular basis, but in large quantities. Um, where market fluctuations are going to impact on their profit margins. Now, as an example, if you, if someone's buying chairs from China and they're selling them into Europe, they're going to be buying in Chinese yuan and they're selling in euros. Well, that's fine. Most years, you can gauge roughly where you're going to be at on the exchange rate and what your profit margin is going to be. But if you take a step back to where we were in March and the months that have followed, the markets have been up in the air. Brexit has been up in the air. Um, we have, obviously, there's an, a fairly sizable election in the United States coming up fairly soon. Um, all of these factors have an impact on markets around the world. 
Um, and I'm generalizing here. There are obviously a, a number of other more specific financial market related factors as well. Um, but for the business person that needs to look out for their bottom line, that buys something in at one price, sells it out for another price, and maybe is involved in three different currencies along the way, it's very difficult to budget accordingly. Um, using the events example um, for now, because obviously it's what I'm most used to, um, they work on a, on a campaign basis. So if a show is happening in March, you're already planning for the show in March the following year. Um, you'll have a, a trading account that's based on a certain exchange rate for the, the currency that you're selling in. Well, if something were to happen like COVID, like the 2008 crash, like September 11th, factors like that throw everything out of kilter, but people still need to do business. So what we provide is a service where you can lock in a certain rate for a long period of time. You can lock in, you can work with forward rates. We can provide more transparency on what is happening with your funds on a month-to-month basis. Um, Same-day transactions rather than waiting three days. Um, no bank fees for when you're doing a, a single transaction where you might have to pay 25 to 100 bucks just for transferring a thousand euros um that's what i'm bringing into the network of people i've previously worked with in the manufacturing markets because more people are now doing business internationally and quite frankly covid should not be something that gets in the way of that yeah well you know even for us is that uh, we do is you know we deal in china and the u.s and in canada and we've had more than a 10 percent almost well almost a 10 percent shift just in the canadian and u.s dollar for us as a company that buys and sells in in u.s but pays its, a lot of its bills in canadian yeah we have to manage foreign exchange and uh we're not we're not big but uh there's you know you know almost 20 million dollars of, of stuff that's got to be exchanged so it's uh it's not that when you start time 10 percent, those become big numbers and uh to anybody's bottom line and uh, so really, really important. And I, you know, if you can do that and you talk about, I mean, 35 bucks a transaction the bank wants, um, we've had to go to people like Western Union and others who would do it much less uh, expensive. And, and also getting wire, tra- getting, getting wire transfers in uh, from the U.S. The U.S. banks aren't quite as adept at that as, you know, say the British or the Canadian or maybe the European ones. And so we're finding those, those little, those things that may not seem to be important on the you know, what your sales are going to be like, but are really important in terms of operating a business. So I, I give you a lot of credit for recognizing that and, and making the move over. I think that'll be a, a real positive one for you in that respect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope it's going to uh, be as successful as I intend and also my new employer intends as well. Um, it's a very exciting company that I've joined. They deal with some very, very interesting people. Um, in, for example, one of our founders um, is a professional motor racing driver, um, ex-Formula One driver, and he is actually racing at Le Mans this weekend in the 24-hour race. Um, so we, we work in some interesting markets, but I've been brought in to look at uh, new areas, such as the manufacturing industry, um, as you're involved in as well. So um, very interesting to see how it's going to be developing over the over the next few years, really, um, I think going back to your your initial question on uh, how markets are impacting business at the moment, it's uncertainty. That's all there is. It, it, that's the key term here. It's managing risk. Um, everything will still remain uncertain. Every time there's an election, every time there's a he- heavy winter, um, every time there's an outbreak um, or a natural disaster or whatever it may be, um, it builds uncertainty. 
Um, obviously, the purpose of this podcast is about generating confidence. Um, and if we can help manage people so they have a little bit more confidence in their finances by putting solutions in place, absolutely, that's what we're going to do for them. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm all about the fact that in a, in a world that we live in, if we're in business, we provide, we take an uncertain world and make more certainty for them. We do that if we, when we're bringing our products from overseas, we figured out how to do it. You figured it out with respect to the shows people couldn't get together. And now again in the, in the foreign exchange, that's what we do. We bring certainty to an uncertain world, regardless of how, how uncertain it is out there. And I think that's where, you know, the, the good companies recognize that and they recognize that we're, we've got to live with uncertainty. Um, it's always been there. We just maybe didn't recognize it the way we are right now. Uh, I know for me personally, um, I'm, I'm used to it. Um, we've got a good crisis muscle, as I call it, inside our company, dealing with the, the headwinds of trades and politics and foreign exchanges and strikes and whatever the hell has gone on in our world. And uh, so we're, we're, we're okay with that. But I know a lot of companies aren't because, as you said, that people have been around their business a long time. Things are kind of um, set in their ways in some respects. And uh, if we can help them out, I think that's uh, going to be very, very important uh, going forward. Absolutely. I think the companies that are going to need the assistance, both psychologically and on a on a business level, going forward, are the ones that have just, they're stuck in their ways, I think is probably the best way of looking at it. People that haven't changed because if it ain't broke, why fix it? Um, yeah. Unfortunately, COVID broke pretty much everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, it, it, fair enough, the last pandemic was 1917, 1918. Um, but, uh, I don't think many of us were around to, uh, to deal with that at the time. So, um, yeah, everyone's now reacting, um, how you react, how you address the opportunities, I think is the best way of looking at things now, um, will pay dividends in the end. And I look at the current situation globally as an opportunity to remold your thoughts, rebrand your business reassess your priorities um and yeah it's, the entrepreneurs in the world are going to make headwinds um and it's going to be an interesting time over the next six to 12 months i think totally totally agree with you and you know it's kind of interesting and we'll come and i'll get your final thoughts in a moment i i've called our company is now 20 years and we're going into the, what i call the next 20 i call it gcp 2.0 and what's it going to look like that was the topic of our meeting um a week or so ago. And uh, I've just made the point, you know what, we're going to be as much of a digital or virtual company as we can be. We'll have to have physical space. If those want to come in, they come in. But I, no one, I'm not telling anybody they have to come back to the office again. We've worked this way off of Zoom for the last six months. So I said, you know, really interesting thing was think digitally first. When you start to think digitally first, you actually then say, how can I make it an opportunity as opposed to being a risk, just as you expressed, Jamie. So Awesome. Jamie, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. Any, any final thoughts from you uh, I, before, we, before we sign off here today? Um, the only thoughts I've had right now is I think personally, I mean, as you know, you and I have known each other for a number of years now, and it's always helpful to reach out to people, I think, at the moment. Um, if you have a question, look at your network of contacts and friends. Ask that question because there's going to be a lot of other people that – are either in the same situation as you or are in a slightly different situation that can look at things through maybe less blinkered eyes. Um, there is always going to be a solution to the current problem. 
looking for the opportunity rather than the problem right now is the mindset I think a lot of people need to get into. Don't get bogged down in the negatives. Look forward because you can't look back. The back's happened. Nobody wants to return to normality. The old normality, that was all right. Let's look at a new normality because the new normality is hopefully going to be so much better. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I go, I'm, I didn't like being in the situation, but I'm excited about what's coming. I'm delighted. I never would have done this podcast, for example. I don't know. I've got a book coming out too. And I started writing it before the, the uh, COVID and we finished it up during it. We've read the first version over again. It's called 2020 from hindsight to foresight, really respecting our 20 years in our business and how to future proof your world. And it's all about how to think about it. And uh, these things have all been, I think are coming into play now uh, because we, we see the opportunities and it's how the mindset that we have going into this is really important. So absolutely. Jamie, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, again, I've always appreciated anytime we've been able to chat and get together and, and you just as a person and uh, so excited for your new opportunities and please do. Uh, I know you'll reach out to us and contact us and um, Nathan will be happy to entertain that. So I really appreciate uh, your time with us today. No problem at all. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And and until next time, uh, clarity generates confidence.